back to episode 2 of the Here We Go podcast. It's Jackson Morrow back on the mic for it should be a very fun episode as always. Before I start up today, I just want to shout out everyone who reached out after episode 1 in support. And just want to say those comments do not go unnoticed. And I was absolutely delighted with all the positive energy that this podcast has generated so far. Tonight, I have a guest joining me who also happens to be a very close friend of mine. He is a self-proclaimed Russell Westbrook enthusiast. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here's Kevin Morrison. Hey man, thanks for the warm welcome. I'm happy to be here. Kevin, it's great. Great to be here. Great to partner up. First first guest here on the Give and Go podcast. Hopefully it's a long-term thing, but uh, let's get right to it. What has been going on in the league? Let's talk about Westbrook first. Westbrook, this was huge. I want, I want your uh, two, uh, penny for a dot about it, huh? Well, man, at the beginning of this free agency, or towards the end when we saw Paul George get traded over to the Clippers, mm-hmm. we knew it was only a matter of time before this last domino of Westbrook being traded was going to fall. Yes. Now seeing it's the Rockets and Chris Paul leaving, that could bring some serious change to the Western Conference. 100%, because me and you both agree, going from Westbrook to Chris Paul is not even close how much better it is for the Rockets. No, Chris Paul used to be good, but he's washed, and they're mm-hmm. both point guards. It's kind of a swap. Westbrook's shooting is nowhere near as good as Paul's was, but the Rockets do need a defender as good as Westbrook is. Mm-hmm. And also just with that, we were talking about this earlier before we came on and recorded. I don't like the, the amount of hate Russell Westbrook is getting because I don't care what you say about him. He's a top three point guard in this whole entire league. He's an MVP. He did, Hold on, hold on. He did summon Oscar Robertson, did this in 62, and nobody ever thought he, somebody would do it again. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for three seasons in a row, and it does not get talked about nearly as much as it should have. See, the argument there is stat padding, but I think that most of those triple-doubles do actually have significance. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was talking to you, there's that story that he asks Paul George for, like, one more assist so he can get that yeah, final triple-double. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, who wouldn't do that? Yes. It's your last time. I think Westbrook really cares about winning this thing. I do, yeah. And as soon as he saw Paul George, his teammate for a few years, yeah. leaving, he knew that OKC wasn't going to win it. He had to take that step forward in his career. He was like, okay, okay, see, I love you. You guys gave me everything. I gave you everything I had. But uh, in the nicest way possible, with GM Sam Presti talking to him, we're going to move on, and we're going to find something else to do. I mean, they paid him. He was loyal to them. Yes. With that extension, and it was time. He probably had an agreement with general management and stuff that yeah. he was just ready to go, mm-hmm. and they were just going to blow it up. Yeah, which is... Again, when Sam Presti made that decision on the on the Kawhi the sixth night mm-hmm. to uh, send over Paul George to L.A., I think at that time the average NBA fan knew that once that trade was made, I don't think Russell Westbrook's gonna be sticking around much longer. I think after seeing the haul that they got, five first round picks, you were gonna say, "Oh wow, five first round picks? Why not get more with Westbrook?" Which is exactly what they did, getting three uh, first round picks from the Houston Rockets. Man, the Thunder are just looking like they're gonna be a powerhouse in the 2020s with all these first round picks. And they probably positioned that 2021 pick knowing it was going to be in the double draft, which is a crucial year. For those of you that don't know, the double draft is the first year that high school and college players can all be drafted at once. And you know what else is uh, pretty significant about 2021? LeBron's going to be a free agent. Paul George is going to be a free agent. Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be a free agent. It's going to be a pretty good year for basketball. But for now, we're still focused on this trade and what this trade does for the NBA. And you know what I'm done with in the NBA is people that think, uh, the narrative around the league that people don't want to play with Russ. You know what I think that's BS? is because once Westbrook was made available via trade, James Harden grabbed his cell phone, and guess who he dialed up? That's right, Mr. Triple Double himself. And now, you're telling me you partner up these two again, like they were in OKC? 
Russell Westbrook's coming off a 23-10-11 season. Daryl Morey has just created the most explosive backcourt in the league and established a legitimate title contender in the Western Conference. What he's done was incredible. Being very quiet. Remember what I said in my last episode? One of the questions I wrote down for myself was, why is Daryl Morey not making a move? Would it be to upset James Harden? They didn't, because they didn't want to get Jimmy Butler, because then it might have upset James Harden. But James Harden told Daryl Morey, and he called Russell Westbrook the day he was made available via trade, and then they made the trade happen, everyone's happy, and now Westbrook and Harden get to play together again and make the best backcourt in the league. These are two superstars playing point guard and shooting guard. I mean, this is not often in the NBA at the peaks of their careers. And be two MVPs. It is incredible what he has done, and I think, I don't know, I think, in my opinion, right now, the updated Western Conference would be, I still have LA, the two LA teams sitting atop the West at 1-2, and two. but now, like, I had Portland 3, Denver 4, Utah 6, this addition of Westbrook 100% surpasses Houston from these teams to make them the third seed. Hey, right, Kevin, what do you think here? Like, what do you think standing-wise? Where, where does okay, where does uh, Houston sit now? Houston right now, I'd place them at probably fourth or fifth in the Western Conference. Okay, who do you think that team below the two LA teams are, are better than them right now? So we got the Clippers, we got the Lakers. I, You know what, Rockets fifth. And then third, I'd probably say Trailblazers. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they were they were third lush. Yeah, I say they keep it up, run it back. But no matter where they stand in the Western Conference right now, everybody involved in this trade is a winner. Besides who? Besides maybe Chris Paul. Besides Chris Paul. I mean, come on, this dude. He's he's a bad contract getting thrown around from team to team, and I 100% agree. The Dun- Thunder fans they're not happy right now. They just lost their two All Stars. But you got to be happy for the future. You got to say, look, Presti's hitting the rebuild button. We win. Not for now, but later we will. And the Rockets, I mean, it's it's right there for you. They got Westbrook. They win. Rockets got a defensive superstar along mm-hmm. and paired with James Harden, an offensive superstar. I just can't wait to see it. Yeah, I agree. So, again, I do love this trade, but we also have to look at it is that Russell Westbrook and James Harden will be on the same court wearing the same jersey. Like, there is only one basketball. These are two heavy, ball-dominant players, and questions are going to have to be asked. Who's going to take the last shot in the game? Who's going to be? Who's going to run the ball down the court consistently? I mean, these are questions that can't be answered now, but that's a very tough choice Mike D'Antoni has on his hands for this upcoming season. The main Chris, their main criticism of Westbrook has been from the main media for the past couple of years his massive ego and his shooting. The thing is, that's going to be super important for him on the Rockets is the pairing of those two. He's going to have to be able to handle criticism of his shooting and be able to tone down his ego so we can work with James Harden, who already had a problem with his ego and Chris Paul's. Okay, and yeah, but at the end of the day, these guys are friends. It's not like they're two superstars who don't really know each other well. They're friends, which is why it gives me that like extra bit of confidence that they'll work well together sooner or later. So for the Rockets this season, I think it's really going to come down to how much Westbrook is willing to change his game style to function with the rest of the Rockets' offense and defense, sort of like a plug-and-play thing. Yeah, because that being said, he will have to tone down his shooting a little bit because he's not like the best shooter, and Harden should be getting the majority of three-point shots. But that being said, Russell Westbrook is going to get the most open shots of his career playing alongside James Harden. That takes a lot of pressure off them. If he can improve that this offseason shooting, I mean, that's looking like a, a real threat. And no, we're not going to talk about Westbrook this whole entire episode. We're actually done now, which we're going to lead into now. The, what do we see is the top four in each conference, mainly the Western Conference, because, I mean, come on. Like, the Western Conference is so much more entertaining, like, this year at least. And the East, the East is going to be good. It's going to be competitive. 
but the West is unreal, and it's going to be great. So let's get right into it, into it the top four. So my pre-Westbrook trade was uh, Clippers, Lakers, Trailblazers, Nuggets. But now post-Westbrook trade, uh, I'm keeping LA, LA at one and two with the Clippers and following the Lakers. I'm bumping up Houston to three. I think they'll be the three seed. As long as all goes well with Harden and Westbrook, there's no reason why I don't see that a starting five of Westbrook, Harden, Capella, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker could be a three seed. I mean, defensively, it lacks a bit with Harden, and Clint Capella's got to be a better defender. He's a good rim protector. But I'm just saying, I mean, for a three seed, I think they could be better than Portland. But it's a regular season. You never know. Am I saying I'm going to be right? Oh, Houston's a three? No. But I'm saying what I think right now, what they've added, what I think they're going to look like coming this season, I think they'll be the three seed. And then the four seed, uh, it's the same. Then the Trailblazers and the Nuggets. So, yeah, I think Portland. I think Portland's the best team outside of the two L.A. teams in Houston right now. I think it's all around. I think Mo, I think Mo Harkless was a, was a loss for them. But I also do think that keeping Dame and C.J. and then adding Hassan Whiteside as a huge center, like a centerpiece mm-hmm. around them to take pressure off with rebounds and blocks, I think that's huge. I think they're a very underrated ball club. Exactly. Portland has been working on their team for years. They've been the three seed two years in a row, and I think they're ready to run it back. And in any case where there's injury, I mean, Anthony Davis is injured very much. LeBron is getting old. Kawhi is prone to injury. He was limping towards the end of the last offseason. I mean, people, sorry, Kayo, but people don't know that in the 2018 season, the dude played eight games. He missed the whole season. Yeah. He was, uh, thankfully, healthy with the Raptors. But, again, anything's possible in the NBA's league where just anybody can get, get hurt at any time. I just totally think that the Blazers, say anyone on these L.A. teams gets injured, one of their superstars, are ready to spring up and take action. They've been prepping for Mm -hmm. it for a few years now. But speaking of those L.A. teams, you look at the Clippers and you look at the Lakers, and then you look at the Eastern Conference. (laughs) There is just no shot any of these teams would beat an uninjured L.A. team in the finals because they just have the firepower. Two superstars on both of these teams. I mean, the Bucks have Giannis and all those guys around him. He has a great supporting team, but they're no match for LeBron and AD yeah. or Kawhi and Paul George. Come on. I mean, not even sugarcoating it. I mean, with what the Lakers have now, I don't feel like this is getting talk- talked about enough, enough, but uh, you have LeBron, who I still think is the best player in the league, and then you have Anthony Davis, who's a top-five talent, best at his position, best power forward in the league, on the same team. And he wants to be there now. Yes, with Boogie, with Boogie. They with Boogie. Boogie. And then he's talking about but Boogie, too. You're talking about Danny Green, who they got, Rondo coming back. I mean... It's looking like a really scary team this year. Like, a very good team. Along with the Clippers, who are about as deep, if not more deep, than the Lakers. Like, the supporting cats that the Clippers have is absurd. It's, it's Landry Shamit, Pat Bev, uh, Montrezl Harrell. I talked about this before, but I just got to touch on it again. I mean, it's a really good team. I, these two teams, they're the best teams in the NBA. And they're both from Los Angeles. Should be a hell of a season this year. So now what we, what we really did in those uh, 10 or so minutes was give you the... Um, what we thought about players and teams and everything. But now I want to talk about something is uh, rule changes and what even the, we're going to include the NFL in this too. We're going to talk about the NBA and NFL proposed rule changes and how it could be good or bad for the league. So first of all, if you didn't know, but th- what the NFL PA just proposed was to get a, was to start an 18 game season that limits starters to play 16 games. I mean, what I got to say to that, are you kidding me? Who wants to buy a ticket to see the backups play in games that could be meaningful for the playoff berth. Like, 
You know what I gotta say to the NFL? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Your league is the highest ratings in the world. And honestly, if you keep it the same, 16 games, maybe make it 18 and 2 preseason, but none of that starter rule. Like, Amen. come on. Come on. Yes, Kevin, thank you. You don't really know what I'm talking about here, but you think that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, come on. But the NBA, on the other hand, that, that's only getting better. And Silver is becoming one of the best commissioners like I've seen in any sport. What he uh, proposed with the um, a 58-game season to make uh, each team play a team twice, you know what that means? That means ratings are going up and the superstar rest is going down. And trust me, that creates more tickets bought because there is nothing worse than as a fan buying a ticket, going to a game, and then see, oh, load management. Your favorite player is not going to play. He's too tired. I mean, he should be too tired. It's an 82-game season. That's way too much. For now, but I think if 58-game season, you know how much more tuned in the average fan would be to their team or their favorite player to watch? If it's if it's none of this, like, the, like Southeast division, like, come on. If you win a division, who cares? It's not football. It's it's eight, it's eight seeds. It's a conference. That doesn't matter. I'm just saying that that would be such a better rule. If for 58 than 82 is so much better. And that's not even it what Adam Silver did. What he also did was... The mid-season tournament idea, which you guys won't like, be as close to home as with me, is because I I love watching European soccer and what they do. They have your own league, then you have like several cups going on, and this gives people that aren't title co- contenders hope and uh, other things to cheer for. Like you're telling me a tournament instead of the All Star break, you're saying like a mini tournament of like teams get if it's a lottery or so, and teams that are in that lottery, like if there's 16, then it's bam, like eight v eight, it's a tournament like for a little cup. Like that was not the finals. But like a cup, I mean that's that's a good idea. Now, is it done? Is it being done like now? No, but they're talking about it. They're making progressions with it. I'm sure Adam Silver, with a with a player friendly guy that he is, he'll ask uh, some of his most trusted people around the league. He'll ask obviously his coworkers. He'll ask the players. The fans will get an input. And from right, uh, what I'm hearing right now, there's definitely mixed emotions. I mean, we've heard it. We watch talk shows and things. People were like, nah, 58. I don't know. Midseason tournament. What is that? Like. There definitely, definitely are both sides to the story about this, but what I'm just saying is that moving the league forward and putting it in a better place, Adam Silver has done a hell of a job at that, and he's been a great commissioner with every single thing every single thing that he's done. There's not one thing that I genuinely just say, nah, dude, like I don't agree with you on that. He's done a great job, and it's only going to get better, the NBA. Last week, at the end of the episode, I said, you got any questions, DM me, text me, Twitter, message me, whatever you want, ask me them, and we got some here today, and this is the first time we're doing this uh, cool little fan-friendly segment with uh, people asking me questions, and I'm going to answer them, and Kev's going to ask me them, and then I'll answer them. Here we go. Alright, so this first one's actually a question from me. Jackson, who do you think is better, the 2018 or 2019 Rockets? Okay, well, let's see, the 2018 Rockets... They lost in the Western Conference semifinals to the Warriors. In six games, they lost at home. And that was the last Chris Paul game. Now, you're telling me that they add Russell Westbrook. They get rid of Chris Paul. And they virtually, like I said before, they had the same starting lineup. But unlike last year, last year it was a pretty even league. Like there was, The Warriors were the dominant team in the league. But now, you have the LA Clippers and the LA Lakers. I don't think they'll win a title this year. I, it, it all depends what happens come playoff time, who they run into in the first second round. But if they do what I predicted and, like, and they get a three seed, uh, they can make it to the semifinals. But, again, it's as simple as this. They're not going to beat a Clipper or Lakers team being fully healthy. All right, is this Sal Casino, by the way? Yes. All right, so this one is from Sal. 
Do you see Alex Caruso having a prosperous future in the NBA or with the Lakers? I did not know Sal Casino had that vocabulary, but <laughs> let's go on with this. I'm just kidding, Sal. He wished me love. He said, good luck with the podcast. I appreciate it. Great question. I saw that House of Highlights video, too. Uh, Caruso. So, Caruso's legit, man. They brought him back on a two-year deal worth about uh, six, uh, seven million something. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an impact on the team this year. Now, um, with, like I said last week, or last time, LeBron's playing point guard. So, obviously, Caruso's not going to start. But as a fan, somebody who roots for the team, I have no objection to Caruso being the backup point guard on the team this year. Quinn Cook, I think he'll play more of the two. More like him, Avery Bradley, Danny Green rotation there. I just don't see him being a primarily ball handler on this team. But Caruso, I like him a lot more than Rondo. I'm only saying he probably won't be that backup point guard is because of Rondo's familiarity with Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, dating back to their time in 2017 with the Pelicans. But Caruso as a player, I think he's a future in the NBA. I don't know about the Lakers with these next two years, but in the NBA, hell yeah. If you watch him at the end of the season, he had some flashes of just greatness. He's the white mamba, baby. All right, next one. Give me it. This one is from Ian. Does the East stand a chance? As we kind of said before, um, I, I like the, some teams in the East, but just that overall question, I, I'm assuming, Schmeegs, that you're talking about finals-wise? No, they don't. I mean, the Clippers and Lakers are too good. That's pretty much it. I mean, with the 76ers that I like, but you know what I don't like is Ben Simmons come playoff time. And I just don't, until he shows me that he can get a jumper or change his play style come playoff time, and Embiid can't carry the load. You know, he's a, he gets a little bit tired late in games. Um, they got rid of Butler. They paid Tobias Harris too much, but that doesn't really matter uh, on the court. He's still good, but it's the same team that lost to Kawhi Leonard on that shot. And then we talk about the Bucks. Kev talked about it earlier. Giannis is great. Deserved the MVP last year. But he's a great supporting cast. But in today's NBA, a great supporting cast is not good enough to win you a title. So, no, the West will win the title this year. All right, so this one's from Connor. Did Magic Johnson stepping away from the Lakers affect their free agency progress? So, what the Lakers' main goal was this free agency was Kawhi Leonard, obviously, as I mentioned before. But I don't think Magic really had that big of a part to play in Kawhi Leonard because he stepped away and uh, Kawhi requested Magic to be in the meeting. But I really don't think that affected Kawhi's choice. I mean, as we said before, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. Because you know why? Because we don't know what goes on in Kawhi Leonard's head. We don't know. He's that weird of a guy. We do not know what he's thinking ever. Never. We will never know... By the time Kawhi Leonard retires, what's going through his mind, what he thinks is right or wrong. But let me get back to the question because it's not just about Kawhi Leonard. It's about the Lakers' overall free agency and how they did without Magic Johnson. In my opinion, they still landed guys. Like, not having Magic Johnson, in my opinion, had no effect on who they landed. They still got the they still got Boogie. They still got Danny Green. They still got Quinn Cook. They still got uh, Avery Bradley in a buyout. Maybe Iggy in a buyout. I mean, they still had a very good free agency period. All right, and then this final question is from Ben. With Russell Westbrook going to the going to the Rockets, what do you predict for either a Lakers Rockets series or a Clippers Rockets series? So as I kind of said before, the still the clear cut two best teams in the league are the Lakers and the Clippers. But I do think no matter which team runs into the Lakers or Clippers come playoff time against the Rockets, I think it'll be a great series. And we're talking Russ and Harden versus either LeBron or AD or versus PG and Kawhi. Like, that's a great series. Like, people are going to watch that. It's going to be really tough for the Rockets to win this, but I did say that the Lakers and Clippers are better, which they are, but that has no bearing on how competitive a series this would be for, let's say, the Lakers. Like, for in the Western Conference semifinals, for a LeBron-led team to run into a Russ and a Harden, I mean, that's going to be really fun to watch. But now with Russ and the Rockets, I, I mean, I... 
I'm not going to change my stance on it. I still think the Lakers are better. I still think the Clippers are better. I just don't think the Rockets are deep enough to make a run. Like, I don't know where they are in the backup point guard position or what other shooters they have on the bench besides an Eric Gordon who will start. But, yeah, just it's pretty simple. I think it's going to be very competitive, but the, at the end of the day, I just see the Lakers and Clippers both beating the Rockets in the series. All right, Jackson. Well, this was a great time. We'll do it again sometime. I agree. I agree. It was great having you on. And, I mean, you're my editing guy. Like, I'm not getting rid of you anytime soon. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be at this again. But, yeah, that being said, that's going to close it off today for the second episode of the Give and Go podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And just, again, share it with your friends. Share it with your family. I really I have an awesome time doing this. Just It's always someone that I wanted to do, podcasting. And I just really appreciate all the support. Like, seriously, I do. And that being said, follow me on Twitter, please, at Podcast Give. And if you're the same guy and you want to ask another question for next episode, fire away. If you're new, didn't ask a question last time, I'm more than happy to answer your questions this time. So, again, Snapchat, message, Twitter, DM, email, whatever you want, anything, that's fine. I'll answer it. I'm here. All right? Jackson Morrow, Kevin Morrissey, signing off. That give and go, switch it up to a different mode. Sit the float, watch these rappers get pigeonholed. Can't live alone, cause I hate to hear my own thoughts. But they all jokes, this is where the post stops.